The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Practical Spirituality Positive Messages This is Unity Online Radio The Voice of an Awakening World Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, offering support for your spiritual growth and addiction recovery. Here's Reverend Dan Beckett. Welcome to the Spirit of Recovery on Unity Online Radio. We are glad you're with us today. I'm Reverend Dan Beckett here with co-host Reverend Michelle Vargas. Together, we share ways that spirituality and addiction recovery intertwine and work together to support your spiritual growth in your own recovery journey. Facebook users, you can send us your questions and comments anytime during the week from our Facebook page, Spirit of Recovery. Just click the send message button right below the banner. Be assured that your anonymity will always be respected. So please let us know what's on your mind. We'd love to hear from you. Today's show is titled A Life of Purpose. Many of us enter addiction recovery with an excess of energy not always knowing what to do with it. We can't exhaust ourselves over committing, trying to make up for lost time, or just generally running ourselves ragged. This has been called frantic sobriety. Today, we want to share our experience, strength, and hope on using our recovery energy to create a life of purpose right here and right now, one day at a time. So we want to share with you what we were like before, what happened, and what we are like now, along with a spiritual tool or principle that helped guide us through the tough times. We hope you'll find something in our experience that'll be helpful to you in your own recovery. So today we're going to be talking about moving from that frantic energy to clear purpose through the power of zeal. So what I remember about frantic energy early on, I mean, especially in the first in the first month is I had a burst of energy. One thing that that taught me or what I, what I felt like I was seeing there was how much energy it took to drink, you know, recover from drink is everything related to drinking. When I stopped all of a sudden I had all this energy and I could not sleep. I mean, I had genuinely had trouble sleeping for quite a while. Fortunately, those around me assured me that it would not last yeah, and that that was not uncommon at all in the beginning to have trouble sleeping. I think I even, um, some, somebody in their uh, recovery oriented physician um, gave me something that's not non-narcotic, non-habit mm-hmm. forming, just to kind of help me sleep through that mm-hmm. initial period of time. But yeah, that was my first experience of this kind of frantic energy that we're talking about that comes up in early sobriety is yeah there it is and I can't sleep I did not that was not fun yeah gosh um you know (laughs) when I think back about what it was like I mean I was in my mid-20s so of course I had a ton of energy now I'm in my 50s sometimes I'd like to have that energy back again (laughs) I'd like to have some of that frantic energy so I could get a few things done um I I I relate to that about, you know, how much energy was going into um, seeking activities that involved drinking and, uh, you know, everything around drinking, you know, how, what was I going to drink? Who was I going to drink with? Where was I going to drink it? Um, 
how was I going to get home? Was I going to drive my car? Was I going to take, I mean, you know, just all of the stuff that went around maintaining that lifestyle. So I had, I had sort of that experience too, of having a freed up energy, but I get the frantic part. You know, I don't remember having trouble sleeping, but who has trouble sleeping in their 20s, right? You hit the pillow, you're down for like 10 hours, you don't even know. Those were the days, weren't they? (laughs) But I do remember the racing, the frantic mind, the racing thoughts and then like sort of um, frenetic kind of, you know, just not being able to be, um, not being able to be still, not being able to be calm just being sort of always keyed up, you know, um, that has changed a lot for me as I've gotten older and as I've implemented a daily meditation practice. But back then I could not sit in meditation. And if I did, I would fall asleep because I was so exhausted from everything that I was doing, you know, but falling asleep is not meditating. It's not being quiet. So, you know what I mean? So I just remember that mind, you know, just my mind going, going, going all the time, always trying to, fig- you know, trying to figure everything out, basically trying to figure out what the heck was happening to me, what was happening to my life, was I making the right decisions, was I doing the right thing, I mean, just constant, like there was no reprieve from that at all. Yeah, I strongly prefer my life now. Yes. To either before I quit drinking or early sobriety, which is not a simple, not not an easy path, you know, in the in the beginning. That's one reason why I heard over and over and why we say over and over, keep coming back, don't quit before the miracle. Those two things kind of to um, help me, help us, plow through in a way you know find our way fortunately again one day at a time find our way through that early sobriety experience and I'm I'm I had forgotten or hadn't thought about it in a while all that time you shared about time planning like is there going to be alcohol there do I need to bring some do I have enough at home how am I going to get there will I be able to drive wait if I go there I probably shouldn't drive so what am I going to oh my god yep and then I remember I remember several times uh, in starting in early sobriety, but even now it'll still come up where I'm just like, I'm so glad that I don't drink. I don't have to deal with any of that stuff. None of it. I don't have to worry. Am I okay to drive? How am I going to get home? Do I have enough? Can I drink as much as I would really like to when I'm there? Do I need to pre-drink? You know, all this crazy, crazy stuff that to me was totally normal. I mean, it's perfectly normal at the time. I'm like, what? What are you talking about? Leave me alone. Come on. It's just part of functioning. I also uh, learned after the fact, along the way, maybe quite some time later, that that this kind of burst of energy is a fact of spiritual growth. We release energy when we resolve anything that's been blocking our energy. And certainly quitting drinking, if, if you're drinking to the degree that, that I was and that you may have been as well, um, a lot of energy is going to get released when we stop uh, blocking it with that particular substance and behavior. I've had this happen in other circumstances too, nothing to do with drinking, but any kind of significant healing Mm -hmm. that I've experienced internally has resulted in a big boost in energy that um, in my experience, I mean, it might, it might have a curve to it, like it shoots way up, excuse me, shoots way up. 
and maybe stays up for a while, but then slowly it kind of, I integrate, I integrate it into mm-hmm. my way of being. But after it's all said and done, my baseline energy level is higher than it was before the healing. Yeah. It's remarkable. Yeah. Yeah. I've experienced that too. Um, the th- I'm still on this idea of the, the mind, the hamster wheel of the mind, because I'm, I'm remembering what that was like. And um, in addition to all of the thinking and thinking about like what you were just talking about, just managing drinking, you know, how was I going to do all of this? There was, I don't know if you experienced this. I'm sure you probably did. There was the waking up in the middle of the night after an evening of drinking and completely obsessing over what I had said, what I had done, who I had talked to. Had I been ridiculous? Should I be embarrassed? Oh my God. I remember when I stopped drinking the relief of not, because I still woke up in the middle of the night and my mind started to do that. But I'd say, whatever you did, you were stone cold sober. So it couldn't have been that bad. But I can remember those waking up at 3 a.m. or whatever, if I was even asleep at that time. But you know what I mean? Waking up in the middle of the night, just like, oh, just going over and over what I had done. Had I embarrassed myself? Did I need to? Oh, geez, it was just awful. And so, yeah, that that constant, you know, the mind just rapid fire thoughts and just no reprieve from it. I actually think that may be partly why I drank in the first place was to quiet that down. I'm Um, sure it was for me too. Yeah. And that makes sense. Like for you that when you stopped using that, then you had trouble sleeping because that was helping you calm down and go to sleep. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So the other frantic energy thing for me was just doing, 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 doing nonstop. Like, like I say, I joke now that sometimes I would like to have some of that energy back. I could get a few things done, but back then it's like, it's, it was superhuman. Like I could clean my whole house top to bottom, go to the gym, come home, take a shower, work on my paper. I mean, I could just like do, you know, so much in one day that now I, any one of those things would put me down for like a week, but I just, I couldn't stop. You know, there was just this, this, I just had to be doing stuff all the time. Like I never sat still. I would obsessively clean my apartment top to bottom every single Saturday, whether it needed it or not. I mean, how dirty could it get? It was one person and a cat, you know, in this one bedroom apartment, but there was this obsessiveness and perfectionism that um, just kept me like going nonstop all the time. And I, that I was relieved of that um, after I got sober and, you know, started to get, you know, we talk about being comfortable in our own skin. I think I was not comfortable in my own skin at all. And that's why I could never be still, but that was relieved for me over time. But that's what that frantic energy feels like to me. Just like never sitting down, just always doing something constantly all the time. I remember about having drinking dreams, which doesn't happen very often anymore, but it certainly did for a while. And that same kind of relief you described when you wake up and you're like, oh my God, what did I do last? Wait a second. I didn't drink. Yeah. I'm fine. You know, I didn't, I didn't do something and forget it. And I would, uh, you know, wake up from a where in, in my dream I had been drinking it just with this, just this awful weight, this, this, this sense of awful 
like oh, it just it was terrible yes I and know. then i would realize wait a second i did and i would have to think for a minute did yeah. i Actually, no, I didn't. Oh, I didn't actually drink. And then this whole wave of relief and joy would come over me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I realized, no, 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 I was just dreaming about it. Yeah. And the nightmare is almost when I realized what I didn't know. That was the nightmare. The nightmare would be that I did actually drink. That would be the right. nightmare. Right. And I was worried a little bit that that would happen. But I had that same mind running a mile a minute and like you were sharing i'm i'm sure that you know alcohol was one of the ways that i um, dealt with that yeah that kind of excess energy not really knowing um much of a better way to do it lots of worry and concern and again some of those same patterns are still present in me but Mm -hmm. they're uh they're way tempered and well managed and not problematic um, almost all the time. And, and when it does, when my mind does sort of become that sort of runaway train, I, I know what's happening. I'm aware of it. I see it happening. I watch it happen and it always calms down. So it's never, it's never like a, an endless trap. Like it felt like it used to be, you know, when, when I didn't have, when I was, when I was drinking and did not have healthy ways to deal with the reality of life. Yeah. I think that when I was drinking, that was the only time that I could sit still, you know, and it was like, kind of like I would, I would just go crazy, crazy all day long. And then I would sit down for my glass of wine or my three or four glasses of wine or whatever. And that was, (laughs) that was the only way that I knew how to chill out. You know, I didn't know any other way. Right. And that was the only reprieve I got from that constant doing and from that um, constant thinking. Yeah, it was like putting life on pause for a while. Yeah. In a sense. Like, so okay, no wonder I drank, you know. I'm done. I'm done. I'm not doing anything else today. I'm just going to relax and drink until I fall asleep. Yeah. Drink this fifth of tequila and like everybody, <laughs> like we do, you know. Yeah, like um, you do. I didn't do that in an evening. Well, we've talked a lot about this challenge of frantic energy, but it's time to move, move out of the problem and into the solution. So what is the solution? In Unity, we affirm that all of life is governed by spiritual principles, and our Unity co-founder, Charles Fillmore, developed a set of 12 spiritual principles that he called the 12 powers. These are 12 spiritual abilities that we all have and that we can use and learn to use more effectively in our spiritual growth. And we know that we are, we are using them all the time, whether we realize it or not. The trick becomes to become aware of them and then to become more skillful and the ways that we use them, and the power that can help us move from a frantic way of living to a clear purpose is, ironically, the power of zeal. And that's what we want to focus on tonight. But hey, doesn't zeal mean energy? So how does that energy help us find a clear purpose without being frantic? I'm going to throw in that each of the 12 powers has a balancing power, and the balancing power, the companion power, if you will, to the power of zeal is the power of order. So when uh, frantic energy can be channeled, it's no longer frantic and it serves us and can give us a clear purpose in life. So Michelle, what is your experience of zeal and or order? 
Yeah. So um, that's great that you gave that explanation because like we're, like you were saying, the frantic energy is sort of just this keyed up, you know, need to be in constant motion and it's, and it's not, um, it's not purposeful. It's not well-directed. It's just sort of, you know, it's just, it's, it's like out of control, you know, and you're just trying to manage it. Zeal is a much more purposeful um zeal is 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 energy with a purpose with a clear strong guided purpose and so i think of zeal as enthusiasm for something you know when we have zeal we're enthusiastic about something um it's something that makes our heart sing it's something that we're motivated to do because it's exciting it's fun it's it's like it comes from within, you know, zeal comes really from within. It really is one of those powers that we have. It's like the, the animating, motivating power that brings forth that energy to be used in a purposeful way. And I believe that when we are really coming from zeal, that whatever the action that comes from that zeal is automatically going to be a blessing to the world. It's going to be for good. Frantic energy is not purposeful. Zeal is a purposeful energy that is always for spiritual good. Yeah, and it's focused in a way. I mean, I'm yeah. I'm glad you're sharing that because I I could feel it as you as you shared it, and I've come to think of zeal as that kind of inner flame, you know, that burns with that burns brightly within us, and then other people can see that. You know, we talk about that in many different ways, but that that divine light, that energy that we have in us, that um, is so very strong and that uh, others can kind of detect it's a joyous kind of energy zeal yeah. to me it's like a joyous purposeful focused uh, joyful kind of energy as yeah. opposed like you said to the you know I just drank a pot of coffee and I can't sit still <laughs> kind of energy which is a totally different thing so when I think about zeal, that's what comes to mind first, this kind of inner flame. It has purpose inherent in it. Maybe that's because the power of order is its companion. You know, order would tend to focus and direct that mm-hmm. power, giving mm-hmm. it purpose. That's just inherently how it works. And out of that, I think uh, out of having a strong sense of purpose and the energy to move forward with it, that's that sounds like joy to me. Yes. I mean, what a wonderful place to be. Absolutely. Yeah, I love that you said it's like that inner flame. It really is when we're, when we're doing that thing that is our passion, that thing that we were that we were meant to do. Um, that's when we find that zeal for it, you know, and I'm one of these people whose zeal is sort of, I'm sure you can tell sort of right on the surface, like as soon as I start talking about something that I'm passionate about, it's 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 there and people can see it i've been told that when i talk about jesus i sparkle which i just think is hysterical (laughs) i think it's because i get really excited you know um not in a you know religious fanatic way but i get excited about this person who so embodied these amazing teachings and people see it like as soon as i start talking about it they see that that zeal that passion that excitement come forth and, you know, other things, you know, when I'm, when I'm talking about my pets or when I'm, you know, when I sing or, you know, those things that, that are mine to do those, those things that are like, they're like God-given gifts, they're, you know, passions, they're the things that are, uh, 
what I'm really here to do. You know, when I'm doing those things, there's zeal. When I'm, when I'm in the pulpit, when I'm giving my Sunday lesson, that zeal is there because that's my thing. That's the part of ministry that I really love doing. And it comes through, you know, I don't even have to, it just, it's just there because that's my passion. So I think that when, when we're doing whatever, and you know, it's not like we have one passion, we can have lots of different passions, but when we're doing those things that really make our hearts sing, that really um, enliven our soul, that's when that zeal is just right there and available to us. Yeah, I, I feel that zeal, in a sense, zeal knows what to do. It's not that kind of um, undirected raw energy that, that um, uh, you know, you kind of wish would just go away because it's uncomfortable. And I don't know, that, that phrase bouncing off the walls keeps coming back yeah. to me to describe that kind of unhinged, frantic energy that's not, I mean, it's, it's high energy, but it's not very joyous and it's not directed, and it doesn't have purpose. But zeal, or maybe it's something else that's always right there with it, seems to know what to do, or meaning know what the right direction to go is. You know, I had a teacher that said, you can't move a car, you can't steer a car that's not moving, right? You cannot steer a car that's not moving. You need to get moving first, and then you can steer your life your life's purpose whatever it is that you're doing and zeal is kind of that impulse to get moving but it also seems to me to have some kind of wisdom or direction in it yes absolutely um, because again it's not a frantic um, bouncing off the walls kind of energy it's that it's that i have a great idea and i'm so excited and i can't wait to get started on it kind of energy that's that joy that's in it this go 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 kind of energy not this i wish this would stop kind of energy yeah you know i think that's one way that we can know when something is ours to do is when there's that zeal behind it i think that really lets us know that yes this is something that is for us um not that we sometimes don't need to you know get motivated or whatever but but when we when there's a, a project or a activity that we feel a lot of energy behind that zeal is telling us yes this is for you to do this is this is your thing this is your passion this is your purpose it's like passion and purpose and energy together are what zeal really is to me you know um the other thing about zeal is um it's sustaining like you know that frantic energy burns out right it's just kind of like and then you're down you know zeal is a is a more sustaining energy because uh because there is real purpose behind it that doesn't mean that we don't ever have times of low energy it doesn't mean that sometimes i don't like oh i don't want to write my sermon i mean that's just human but um ultimately there is a more sustaining prolonged consistent energy to zeal it doesn't burn out it it may tire a little bit but the zeal comes back because it's it's sort of it's coming from our soul it's like soul energy really yeah it is you know it, and and i uh, go ahead i was gonna say i i had jotted down that zeal can break down barriers right and mm. in that way it's kind of like applied strength it's yeah. it's it, it's different than strength it's almost like the thing that jump starts strength strength is like the energy for the long haul yeah right it's not that brightly burning excitement energy that like you were sharing when you're uh preaching and talking about jesus that kind of zeal comes up 
but strength is what keeps us going is you know showing up again every week to stand up and continuing with the pulpit uh, idea to stand up and share and and teach or talk about whatever it is that needs talking about but but zeal can break down barriers and kind of is like applied strength in that way yeah and i love that idea that zeal is paired with order because if not i would just be up there you know randomly talking about things i'm passionate about but the order means that there's some sense to it there's some you know there's some organization and and logic to it because so so like you say they go together we don't want just unrestrained zeal we want zeal paired with order that is um that is purposeful that is focused that is sustained um and ultimately that we are using for good i think zeal has to be used for good right we can't use zeal to go and rob a bank that's not zeal i couldn't maybe somebody (laughs) could i don't know that's a good question you could sparkle while robbing a bank in my life, I, I would agree with you. I don't know if that's universal or not. <laughs> well, I think of the powers, you know, I guess there are, we talk about ineffective or not useful uses of these powers. So I guess that that's, but I tend to think that, um, you know, when we're using these powers, we're using them for good or we're not using them, you know, or we're using something different. If it's not for good, then it's coming from something, something different. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. Well, the word zealot, you know, comes from zeal. Yeah. So I don't want to be a religious zealot, which to me, that phrase means that uh, I'm so sure that I'm right, that therefore everyone else is wrong and that they are now the problem. Yeah. Right? That, I don't, I never want to go there. I want to use no. my zeal exactly how you're describing it, yeah. you know, for sort of joyous building of things for good. Yeah. And that's what you know, that's how I feel about it. Yeah, I wanted to share. So we talked before about that um, zeal balances with order because zeal needs order for direction, right? But order also needs zeal for that raw energy, that fuel, if you will, for moving forward for the purpose or the expression. It's almost like, you know, order is the four lane highway with guardrails, right? It's or zeal is the energy that gets you moving down that highway. Yeah. And we have to yeah. have both. Yes, we do. We have to have both. Well, uh, we're going to hold that thought because we're coming up on our time for a short break. And when we come back, we'll continue the conversation. Uh, we hope that you'll please stay with us. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. Yes, welcome back. We're glad you're with us today. If you're just joining us, my name is Reverend Dan Beckett, here with co-host Reverend Michelle Vargas. We will resume our discussion in a moment. But first, we want to remind you that you can send us your questions and feedback anytime during the week from our Facebook page, Spirit of Recovery. Message us from there and let us know what's on your mind. 
Well, prior to the break, we began by discussing the frantic energy that many of us experience in early recovery when we have this sort of freed up, free floating, crazy energy. And then we moved into talking about the 12 powers and the power of zeal. So now we're going to talk about how the power of zeal has helped us move out of that frantic energy and into clear purpose. Uh, one thing, that, so so I, I feel like for me, the catchword for this section of the show is going to be balance, mm. right? Because th- that, that kind of um, brightly burning joyous energy that is zeal uh, needs focus and balance in order to... Um, help me move to or aid me as I move toward a clear purpose. Uh, The first balancing factor that comes to mind for me is that uh, program saying that I find so very helpful one day at a time, Mm. one day at a time, because zeal in me, at least zeal has this aspect to it where it would be very happy to do everything right now. You know, it has that kind of like puppy, puppy uh, jumps out of a box or wakes up from a nap sort of excitement. As I shared, you ever go to a place like um, Disney World and think I want to ride all the rides and eat at all the restaurants and see all the fireworks right now? (laughs) I have that. There's a part of me that can end up in that space. And so one day at a time, or first things first, Mm. you know, any of those kinds of principles, power of order, divine order, uh, help me to remember and realize, no, that we don't go on all the rides needed all the restaurants right now, right? We do one (laughs) thing at a time, things happen in in an order, the order is divinely ordained, or uh, having order is divinely ordained, what particular order I do things in, uh, I get to co-create. But to just sort of do one thing at a time, one day at a time, uh, do the next right thing or the next indicated thing. When I'm thinking, you know, what is the next step? I can think of eight things and I want to do them all at once. Well, why don't I pick one? What might that be? So the first balancing principle that comes to mind about how, how to move from frantic energy to a clear purpose using zeal is to balance it with the concept of one day at a time. Yeah, I love that. That's such a helpful thing. One day at a time, um, helping us to just live in the present and not get too out there. Um, I'm going to steal one that I see is on your list of notes here because we're talking about these uh, 12-step sayings that are so, you know, so pat and stuff, but they're so helpful, you know, so you talked about one day at a time and I see easy does it. And so the easy does it is another a uh, concept that helps me with what you're talking about, the, the balance and sort of tempering that unrestrained zeal. Um, you were talking about not having to do it all at once. For me, easy does it means I don't have to do it all. You know, I don't have to do it all. I don't have to do it all right now. And I don't have to do it all perfectly. So uh, in my, when I first came into recovery, I had a really bad perfectionism. I was talking about cleaning my house top to bottom, you know, and things had to be perfect. I had to be perfect. Um, And that is an ineffective use of zeal. That's burning up all my energy, um, my life, vital life force, trying to be perfect. So it took me a really long time to unhook from that need to be perfect. And I just sort of practiced 
so, so I've talked a lot on, on this program. I had so much shame. I think that's what the perfectionism was sort of coupled with that. If I didn't do things perfectly, I was horrible. I was just a horrible, shameful, awful person because I didn't, you know, I couldn't make mistakes. If I made a mistake, it was like, oh my God, I deserve to die because I made a mistake. Like, I don't know. It was just awful. It was this horrible black and white thinking. So I had to begin to learn that I could make a mistake, that it was okay, that I didn't have to be perfect all the time, um, that I didn't have to do everything. I didn't have to do everything perfectly. Um, Like I say, it took me time to unhook from that. And um, I think that that is a better conservation because even zeal, you know, it's not limitless. We're not limitless. We, you know, we do have finite energy sort of on at any given moment. And so not burning up that zeal and burning up that energy in ways that are not helpful. It's not helpful to try to be perfect. And that's something that I still work on. It's something that I teach a lot from the pulpit. You know, I try to use those teaching moments where like something goes wrong with the sound system or somebody makes a mistake or I make a mistake. And I take that moment to say, hey, this is not about being perfect. You know, we are not here to put on this flawless performance. That's not what um, it's not what my church is about. And so I try to um, teach it as I also allow myself to be imperfect. And also, I, it's hard to believe now because I don't have that energy anymore, but I used to be a real workaholic. You know, I just, I had to, I had to do everything. I had to finish everything. I couldn't leave work undone. You know, I couldn't go to bed until all the dishes were put away. Everything was perfect. Like I just, you know, and so I've had to learn to unhook from that too. Um, it doesn't all have to get done. It's okay. So, I mean, it sounds ridiculous now, but I could not leave dishes in the sink and go to bed. You know, now if you saw my sink now, you'd think I was talking about somebody different. But um, I had to learn, you know, that wasn't an effective use of my vital energies to try to have everything be perfect all the time. So that helped me a lot. That easy does it. Yeah, I really appreciate that because I'm remembering that, um, not, not only do I not have to do everything right now, it's very likely I actually don't have to do everything. Right. There, there are things coming up in my mind that uh, if I am willing to live one day at a time, if I am willing to do the next right thing um, and to practice balance in my life, I probably won't be doing them. But yeah. I don't know that ahead of time. I don't need to know and I don't need to decide. But it's helpful for, for me to remember that um, just because I've conceived of something does not mean that I actually need to do it. Yeah. I may not need to do it. And that that little piece is something I would characterize more broadly as just self-care, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Giving myself mm-hmm. some breathing space, I like to think of it. And as an introvert, that's actually a critical uh, life skill is that I must uh, plan into my day or be very adept at recognizing the need for some self-care, which for me means some downtime, some quiet time, some breathing space, just to um, what it feels like is just to kind of let everything settle, mm-hmm. right? I'm, I'm perfectly capable and happy of going into a busy place, whether it's a shopping mall or taking a long trip or church has a kind of busy energy to it or or going out with friends and doing something fun and all that. I can do all that and I like it and I enjoy it. But 
it comes a point when I need to recharge my battery, so to speak, by getting some quiet time, which to me literally means like the ideal quiet time to me, I'm the only one in the room and there is no sound at all. That's what I mean by quiet time. So I can balance uh, with self-care and as you were sharing, not um, not let that zeal kind of run itself into the ground, you know, right. um, let let it do its thing and to and to draw me forward in that joyous and positive way. But don't don't let me burn the candle at both ends, yeah. you know, the zeal candle at both ends and um, end up in a bad we're just way out of balance, put it that yes. way. Yes, yes, you know, absolutely. In a bad state of body, mind, and spirit. I see so many people that live that way, you know, that are constantly burning the candle at both ends. And I get that. When I was doing that, it was running from myself. You know, if I could stay busy doing stuff all the time, then I didn't have to sit and be with myself. I didn't have to let all of those insecurities and bad feelings and all of that crap that needed to be cleared away. I didn't have to let that bubble up because I was, I was a, you know, just in constant motion. And so those things could never catch up to me. And I'm not saying that that's what everyone is doing, but I think there is a lot of that going on. Um, So the recovery process, you know, I had to start to clear away some of that stuff. I had to start to face some of the things that I was afraid of, let them catch up to me and with love and support and with the program and with the unity spiritual principles begin to um, begin to face those things and work through them and heal them so that I could clear them away. As I began to work on healing those things, I began to get comfortable, more comfortable in my own skin. I could actually sit for periods of time without doing things. Um, you know, I, I learned about being a human being and not a human doing. That was a revelation to me, you know, that we weren't meant to just be in constant perpetual motion 24-7, that um, that, that indeed was, a, for me at least, was a type of addiction, an addiction to doing and it was about not wanting to be with myself. So um, you mentioned self-care, and I am a really big proponent of self-care and rest, especially as a huge component of self-care. Rest is something that our culture just does not support, does not understand. Um, it's deemed shameful. You know, there's all these statistics about how we work more hours than any other industrialized nation. We take less time off. We take less vacation time. Um, doesn't necessarily translate into more productivity. A lot of it is just, you know, running ourselves ragged. And it's not something to be proud of. It's not something to wear like a badge of honor. You know, the fact that we're all frazzled and exhausted all the time. No, that's not where it's at. So I preach a gospel of rest, 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 and more rest. Um, And that can look like a lot of different things, you know, getting a massage, taking a walk, meditating, napping, sleeping, sitting, you know, and just contemplate contemplative practice of any kind, you know, sitting and petting your cat. These are not wastes of time. These are not indulgences. These are vital aspects of bringing that balance that you were talking about into our lives and caring for ourselves and for one another as human beings, not as human doings. Yeah, I'm remembering for some reason. So our uh, in the 12 steps, our ninth step amends, right? So we, we make a list. We share that list uh, with someone. 
And then under the guidance, both of the spirit and, uh, and my sponsor in my case, and anyone doing that, I would strongly encourage you to work the steps with a sponsor all the way through. Um, all of those things did not need to be done all at once. I mean, I, I remember kind of having a lot of mixed emotions about it. One of them was dread, right? <laughs> oh my God, I have to do what? I have to talk to who and say what? It seemed overwhelming. Um, but another one of them was, man, I want to get as many of these done right now as I can, you know, so I can get on the other side of it. And in reality, that whole uh, one day at a time, um, take, breathe, mm-hmm. you know, don't, don't rush into it applies to making ninth step amends. I'm remembering one and I won't share the details, but I knew at mm, three to four years sober, a major amends that I need to make that I didn't make until I was 10 years sober. Why? I, I couldn't tell you. Maybe I just didn't have the courage. Maybe I conveniently forgot about it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But these things can take time. It's yep. almost like the bigger and the deeper they are, uh, it could be understandable uh, for it to take some time. I want to share this from the big book. Uh, this is on page 86 uh, because it helps me with the whole, um, you know, with anxiety and, and finding peace from it or from frantic energy to that kind of joyous, joyous purpose and a, and a calmness around it instead of a frantic kind of energy. It's a focused kind of energy. But this is what I wanted to share. And uh, we read, uh, in thinking about our day, we may face indecision. We may not be able to determine which course to take. Here, we ask God for inspiration, an intuitive thought, or a decision. We relax and take it easy. We don't struggle. We're often surprised how the right answers come after we have tried this for a while. I could pick this apart and speak for 45 minutes about what this is saying. Yeah. Uh, we don't struggle. We have tried it once. No, we've tried it for a while. You know? <laughs> In order to do that, you have to make a practice out of this. He's, the author is not explicitly saying you have to make a practice, but if you try this for a while, you have to have a practice. You have to keep returning to trying this, which is the definition of a practice. And so um, in the face of that frantic energy, uh, being willing to acknowledge that we have um, the ability to turn within as we describe it in unity and um, ask, if you will, or or sit in some, as much silence as we can manage to uh, open to an inspiration Mm-hmm. or an idea or a decision or a direction. And, and I mean, I run my entire life based on this to the point now where it, it, it's not even like a formal set of steps or anything. I, I can just do it because I've been doing it for so long mm-hmm. um, and I have learned to trust it. Now, sometimes I forget to, and I have to remember, oh yeah, I, I really need to return and get a little more formal with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but in general, this is the way that I run my life. So I have clear purpose in my life. I have energy to do things, but none of it is that bouncing off the wall, frantic, climbing out of my skin, climbing the walls kind of energy. And, you know, you walking forward in my life, if you will, with 
unity and 12 step spiritual principles with God as I understand God is how I can do that. If that makes sense. Yeah, I, I started thinking about this, you know, slow and steady wins the race kind of thing that, you know, it's not a race to do everything today. That's not, it can feel like that in early recovery, because life has taken such a big turn that we're anxious to get into it and sort of get it all done but there is no getting recovery done (laughs) it's simply a process that takes time and you know for better or for worse it's a lifelong process you know we maybe don't fully understand that when we first get into recovery we think this is something we're just going to knock out the 12 steps and go back to our lives but it really doesn't work that way this is a lifelong journey and there's no rush to get it done in fact rushing to get it done will mean that we're not really doing it or we're not really doing it thoroughly right um we have our whole lives to do this there's no rush there's no need to do any more than what's in front of us today and if we do try you know you sometimes see people not just in recovery but in all aspects of life i've seen people come into our church and get so excited about unity and they want to take every class and they want to become a prayer chaplain and they want to volunteer and do all this stuff and six months later where are they they're gone, you know, because it wasn't real. It was, it wasn't, it wasn't well grounded in anything. They're sort of just, they, that's that burning up zeal that just, you know, I'm going to do it all right now. And then that's they the burn frantic. themselves out. That's the frantic energy, not the focused. Yeah. And it can happen even in spiritual things, even in Absolutely. positive things. It can happen with anything. So, Absolutely. you know, it's, it can be human nature, maybe especially for certain personality types to want to just get in there and go nutso. I'm learning as I get older that that's never a good idea for me. You know, um, it's like you said, tempering that zeal with order, tempering that zeal with balance, tempering that zeal with um, inner reflection and with uh, prayer and meditation and seeking God's guidance. You know, what is mine to do? If I think all of it is mine to do, it's that's never going to be right. You know, it's like, what is in front of me right now? What can I do right now? There's no race there's no rush um spirituality and growth and recovery are slow and steady and sustained you know um anything that's done really quickly is probably not going to be done deeply or thoroughly you were talking about you know some amends taking you years to me that's totally okay because if i try to make an amends in early recovery i'm probably not going to be coming from the right place i'm probably not going to do it in the best way um this is not to say procrastinate and put everything off but there's no rush to get through those things they will you know as long as we are working a program we're showing up we're checking in we're seeking god's guidance we're staying engaged we're suiting up and showing up it will be indicated to us when it is time to do all of those things um, without us needing to rush through them and get out ahead of ourselves. Things that are done slowly and over time are lasting and they're purposeful and they're meaningful. Um, You know, it's okay to take time. Time takes time. What are we, isn't there another saying in there somewhere? That's exactly it. Time takes time. Yeah. Yeah. That's not the alcoholic or addictive way of doing things, right? We like to get all crazy, but we need to counteract that tendency and learn to go slow and steady. Slow and steady wins the race. 
one use of so uh, zooming back, go back, and and I'm going back in my mind to frantic energy. I mean, everything we're saying is all well and good, and yes, that I know that it's true and it will come to unfold. But if you're listening and it is a day when you have that frantic energy, if you're like me, you can't just read a book, hear someone say something, flip a switch, and have it go away. But what I can do and what I did do was use that energy in service to others. Mm. Right now, of course, don't overdo it, right. but use that energy and service to others. If I was kind of bouncing off the walls, why don't I bounce on over to a meeting? Yeah. Right. And listen. <laughs> and, and then why don't I, uh, at least in my home group, uh, grab a broom and sweep the room out? It was a sizable room. It would take a while. Um, just kind of you know, if I wanted to sweep the room out or or ask, what can I do to help? Mm-hmm. um or or something or even make stuff up like um like i'm gonna go to the grocery store i don't really need anything i'm gonna go to the grocery store and i'm gonna get one of those little handheld baskets and i'm gonna walk up and down every single aisle of that store not gonna rush you know just kind of in a in an easy manner and i'm just gonna smile and nod at everybody that's it meditative not, not grocery a, you shopping. know not gonna cross boundaries <laughs> Right. Yeah. It's like a walking meditation. I'm, I'm not going to go up and try and make best friends with everybody, but I'm just going to be a friendly presence and I'm going to use my energy to walk around that space and do that. You know, that how, smile how that, that you be? give someone that day could be what makes a huge difference to them. You know, Absolutely. It, it really could. So, and yeah. I've given some of my frantic energy a purpose. Exactly. Well, we have said a whole lot about this topic. So let's step way back if we can and find a way to kind of recap it. And we like to do this in the form of a question. So Reverend Michelle, if someone came to you and asked you something like, uh, what can I do with all this intense energy I have? Since I got clean and sober, I feel like I'm climbing the walls and it's really uncomfortable. How can I manage all of this? Well, okay, this is my thing. And, you know, take it or leave it. But exercise has been a huge thing for me. And I haven't had a chance to mention that yet today. So I'll just throw that in there. You know, whether a person is into like lifting weights or boxing, or whether it's just getting out and taking a walk, um, you know, physical exercise is always a good way to burn up some of that um, extra energy. And also, uh, you know, we're also teaching our bodies when we exercise in early recovery, we're teaching our bodies to create that serotonin, dopamine, endorphins um, on its own, whereas we used to get that from our addictive practice. So that's a very healthy thing to do. That's something that's been huge for me in sobriety. Um, also, you know, prayer and meditation. And if you, you know, you really have all that crazy energy, you're not going to sit in meditation for hours and hours. That's just not going to happen when you're still in that frantic craziness, but taking, taking 30 seconds or a minute to take some deep breaths can really shift up your energy. Just taking some, take three slow, deep breaths, and then go back to whatever you were doing. It's amazing what that just few moments of, um, taking a break and taking those deep breaths that can really just shift your whole day. My answer to that question, I guess I would first have to acknowledge that I had exactly that. I was in that situation. I had that going on in my life. So I can share what I had found helpful. And number one is I needed a plan of -hmm. some kind, even if the plan was take three deep breaths, walk around the block and then put the dishes away. You know, it didn't have to be a life plan, but just something 
yeah. you know, to guide me in the short term. Talking to others was a huge help. When I first started going to meetings, uh, the people passed around a meeting schedule and the men wrote their names and numbers on the back of it. I come away with 10, 12 names. I can call down that list if I need to. Uh, exercise or take a walk, breathe, free write. I did that for a while. Just get out a notebook and write down whatever is coming to your head in that moment. Write as fast as you can. You don't need to go back and read it. No one's going to read it. It doesn't matter. But just get it out of your head. Mm -hmm. And also, I would say, know that this is okay. It's okay. And it is going to change. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Great suggestions. So, as always, we have an affirmation for you, and our affirmation today is this. I enthusiastically accept my good and go forward to achieve my purpose. And once again, I enthusiastically accept my good and go forward to achieve my purpose. Deep breath. We should do a deep breath here. I'm remembering now. Maybe not three. Deep breath. Well... It's happened again. You've given yourself the gift of another hour listening to Spirit of Recovery, and we're grateful that you have, and we hope you see it that way. And we hope you found something in all of our blathering today that will be genuinely helpful to you in your recovery. That's why we're here. Yes. Thank you, Reverend Michelle, as always, for our discussion. And thanks to you all who are listening to the podcast via Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn. We bless you wherever you are on your recovery journey. And listeners, as always, you can connect with us throughout the week on our Facebook page, Spirit of Recovery. Drop us your thoughts and comments and feedback. We'd love to hear from you. And we invite you to join us again next Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central. And until then, don't drink like my co-host. And don't drink like my co-host. Instead, have yourself a wonder-filled week. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio the voice of an awakening world. Since 1977, Omega Institute in New York's beautiful Hudson Valley has hosted some of the best spiritual teachers and social visionaries sharing their messages of hope, healing, and transformation. On the Dropping In podcast, hosted by Emmy Award-winning producer Callie Alpert, you will enjoy in-depth interviews and conversations with people like Pema Chodron, Jack Kornfield, John Kabat-Zinn, and many others on the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Also, check out the video series on Spotify.